Hello and welcome to the Royal College of Psychiatrists podcast with me, Ella Marchant. Misconceptions surrounding autism have led to an astounding gender diagnosis gap, where women aren't being given an autism diagnosis until much later in their adult life. Autism diagnosis in women and girls can be overlooked. This could be due to various reasons, but many believe it is the inherent gender stereotypes still held on to, even in medicine. Women are often expected to be more social and accommodating, so conditions like autism aren't always identified and can be mislabeled as anxiety or depression. On the podcast, we have Dr. Laura Checkley, a consultant psychiatrist working in the City and Hackney Autism Service and in the Hackney Integrated Learning Disability Service. And we are joined by two women that Laura diagnosed with autism. This is Anna and Christina. Together, we discuss rules and expectations, damaging stereotypes, and how diagnosis can truly change a person's relationship with themselves. Today, we want to talk about the gender diagnosis gap in autism. Laura, could you explain to us a little more about how you think this has happened? Um, Yeah, sure. So I am a consultant psychiatrist in um, an autism service, which does autism diagnostic assessments for adults. And so obviously we see an awful lot of uh, women who were never diagnosed with autism as children. Um, And I think one of the reasons is that um, it's often less obvious in in girls when they're at school. So they might be quiet or very well behaved. So it's simply not picked up on at a young age. And women and girls are also better at learning social skills. So they will learn to mimic and copy others and and to mask their difficulties. And they're also more aware often than, than boys are of the need to socially interact. Also, girls may well have special interests which are more socially acceptable or normal, so things like art or or reading, and they might spend a lot of time doing those things. And I think also there is a lack of knowledge quite often in how autism does present differently in women and girls. And just building on what you said there, autism can really manifest itself, show itself in different ways between the genders. What are the signs that you often see in women and girls? So women and girls are better at learning the skills required for social interaction. And they might do so by copying others or mimicking behaviour. And they may also uh, learn to use certain stock phrases. So things, for example, like they might learn that people like it when you compliment them. So, for example, they might compliment someone on their shoes and say, oh, I really like your shoes. Or they may build on that and say, oh, I really like your shoes. Where are they from? Because they learn that that's going to elicit a favourable response from the other person. They um, are also better at learning to make eye contact, even if it doesn't come naturally to them. So I've had women tell me that they have just taught themselves that they look at the other person's nose when they speak to them. And they have also often learned that it helps to smile. So again, that gets a favourable response from the other person if you smile a lot when you speak to them. And women are good at learning um, techniques to make conversation. So they might, for example, learn to ask questions of the other person and they know that will get the conversation going. And women often tell me that they've learned that other people really enjoy talking about themselves. So they'll ask questions about the other person or they might use tricks like remembering things um, about the other person and, and bringing them up again in a later conversation. And women in particular can be really, really good at doing this. And uh, when we diagnose women, we 
sometimes get uh, told later that their friends have said, oh, but you don't look autistic. And that's because they've learned or taught themselves these skills to socially interact. And um, of course, this does come with a cost that if this isn't completely natural, that many women tell me it's absolutely exhausting to, to do this. That's really interesting. Thank you so much. There are quite a lot of social expectations put upon women to overperform socially and be kind of overly affectionate in general. Yes, absolutely. And uh, yeah, autistic women can find that quite difficult. How has working with women with autism changed your perspective on the world and how, how do you see it now? I've learned so much from the service users uh, in our autism service and many of them have absolutely amazing stories to tell. Um, and of course, we've got two women uh, here today on the podcast who I did previously diagnose as adults um, as having autism. I, I really thoroughly enjoy my work in the autism service and also the, the educational role in running events for doctors and uh, helping run events for other health and social care staff uh, in the trust and the local authority. And most of these events, we have co-produced them with service users. And the feedback we get from every single one of these events is that the bit that people enjoy the most and they learn the most from is hearing real life stories on you know, what it's like to be diagnosed with autism as an adult. Um, and I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, what Christina and Anna both have to say today. Perfect. So we're going to move on to Anna and Christina now. Anna, could you tell us a little bit about when you were diagnosed and did it change the way you felt about yourself and your past? Um, yeah, sure. Um, I was diagnosed uh, by Laura at the age of, I think, 32. So yeah, a year ago, 32. And um, it was a it was absolutely huge for me. Um, it's really uh, made a, really made a big difference to my life in general. Um, but it was I kind of I sought the diagnosis at sort of the end of the line of a lot of um, mental health issues. So I'd kind of been to various people within the medical profession and been diagnosed with various things you know including depression anxiety and um yeah it was only at the age of 32 that um i i i and my partner suspected autism and did, did a bit of research and thought yeah that definitely seems like the case and then um sort of diagnosis then christina um could you tell us a little bit about when you were diagnosed and did it change the way you felt about yourself and your past um, yes, I was diagnosed two years ago, again by Laura, at the age of 65. Um, it certainly felt the change the way I felt about myself and my past. I had thought about getting an assessment for about 15 years prior to my assessment, but I'd never discussed it with anyone. I thought that um, I couldn't possibly be autistic. Um, when I got my diagnosis, I initially felt totally overwhelmed, shocked and very distressed. Um, I'd thought that I would be told that I didn't have autism and that my difficulties were due to personality and mental health issues that had never previously been resolved because I was always described as a difficult patient, did not try hard enough, etc, etc. But there'd always been a chink inside that had never quite accepted this. 
um, and that was why I sought the initial diagnosis. So I could not understand when I did get the diagnosis why I felt so distressed, why I did not feel relieved. However, after two years, um, I've now begun to feel some kind of relief and some kind of acceptance and that everything that has been negative in my past was not my fault. I wasn't that difficult patient or someone who didn't try hard enough. Um, it has led to my, me accepting myself more and it's also helped me to understand so many things in my life. So many things are falling into place. Um, I have a huge need for explanations and reasons for everything and when I couldn't find all of that through mental health services, I felt very lost. Um, I also now know now why I have felt constantly exhausted <laughs> throughout my life. Um, and I've only just begun to understand that. So when Laura was talking about feeling exhausted from social interactions and kind of trying to interpret the world was that something that felt very familiar well I didn't realize that because I didn't realize that I was I it's very difficult to explain I knew I was different but I didn't realize that I was trying to make myself like everyone else or that life was a constant daily struggle I certainly had never heard of the term masking or camouflaging I didn't know anything about that whatsoever, but looking back, I can see that's what I've done throughout my life. Um, I work, I've been working for the last 20 years, having spent a long time within mental health services, but it has been exhausting to keep my job and maintain my job and move up a career ladder. Um, but now I have some understanding of it. I've had to keep the negative aspects of myself as much as I can from other people um, and make myself appear like them, even though people will at some point possibly have thought me odd or different. I've still constantly tried and I think that's where the exhaustion comes from. When you were talking there about masking and camouflaging, are those terms used um, within autism? They, they are, but they're, they're terms that I've only just got to know anything about to understand that um, girls, little girls at school, they try to be like everyone else. They try to play with other children um, and learn from other people um, in a way that boys don't necessarily do. Um, for, and for example, I've been in the teaching profession for the last 20 years and I did go up the career ladder a bit and I got to the point where I absolutely had to go to school discos and things like that. But I knew that I couldn't cope it and might cope with it. But my way of coping, I now realised, was that I was always the person on the door. I was always the person that made tea or did refreshments or whatever. I was never the person that had to socialise with parents and so on in in a social situation like that. Anna, do you think people associate autism with being something only men have? Do you think this has been damaging for women with autism? Yes, absolutely. To both points, things highlighted really, really well. Um, 
in the way she, you know the 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 difficulties with masking and camouflaging and that um because women on the whole are generally women with autism are, are pretty good at doing that they they don't receive that diagnosis because um most of what people know of it is to do with a fairly stereotypical male picture is why a lot of women weren't diagnosed till later and you know for me I didn't even consider that I might possibly be autistic um until sort of yeah maybe early like late 20s and even when I thought "Mm, possibly and looked into it because my cousin was diagnosed I read what I could find online and thought no that's that's not me it's it's only when you really dig in further and specifically um research women with autism that you you see a a closer picture and your cousin who was diagnosed were they male or female female interestingly enough and did that kind of trigger you to look into it a little bit further it it did yeah I mean I think um I'm I'm not hugely close with her so we we did we sort of spoke about it briefly um and then I kind of went away and and looked into it because some of the things she was saying I was thinking hmm I experienced that too that's interesting um but it still took a long time to and and a lot more examples of women with autism later for me to to think no that is definitely me and Christina going to you now uh, what is your favourite thing about having autism? Um, I think my favourite things are being able to relate well to children and my attention to detail. And both of those have enabled me to um, pursue a career that I've loved, even though that happened later in my life. Um, I think special interests, too, have also got me through difficult times in life. Although at the time, I thought I was um, sort of odd to have such interests. I didn't know that it had anything to do with autism and I kept them very secret. Um, My interests were similar to those of a girl, like reading and so on. They weren't dinosaurs and trains, which stereotypically are boys' special interests. Um, So they're easier to go by unnoticed. But special interests, being able to relate well to children. Children are honest, they're open, and also my attention to detail. And I didn't even know I had attention to detail and someone t- until someone told me about two years ago. Um, I think they've enabled me to hold down a job. Anna, the same question to you. What's your favourite thing about having autism? There, there definitely are um, positive aspects to autism. You know, great examples from Christina. I think I definitely share um, an attention to detail and, and um, being able to really focus in on on things. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's important. I think that people don't have autism are aware of those. But I would I would probably say, you know, is your favourite part of autism in the world we currently live in or an ideal world because there are certain things where it's it's kind of positive but it's not other people don't understand it you know um a lot of people within our um peer support group have talked about being able to 
remember details very carefully like maybe conversations because I think as autistic people we, we go over social interactions quite a lot to try and understand whether we did well or not in that environment and it, it, you know it means we remember all the details and, and specific things that the other people often don't um neurotypical people and that can lead to situations where somebody misremembers something and you point it out and they disagree or they lie to you and you know that they're lying um I do wonder whether it makes a difference um as to when you're diagnosed because I I can imagine if, um maybe as a child if I had been diagnosed at that point and had understood okay well I struggle with this but in this area I'm I'm especially good and perhaps um do better than other children but um and so you can then really sort of build that into the way you interact so it sounds like there are lots of amazing things about autism but the world isn't quite ready to reflect those yet christina the non-autistic world has a lot of social rules and social expectations what kind of rules and expectations do you find strange or perhaps struggle with um i think the thing i struggle with most with is people not meaning what they say, people telling lies or doing one thing and saying another. And there are there have been times in my life when um, I've eventually realised only after years that I've got something completely wrong. Um, I find that very, very confusing. And I, can't, I find it difficult to understand how people can sort of like each other and not like like someone and not like someone at the same time. To my mind, you either like someone or you don't like someone. There's nothing, there's no such thing as a sort of halfway lie. You're either lying or you're not lying. Um, I find that very, very difficult and very, very confusing. It makes me feel very unsure of being around others, um, particularly in social situations. I don't get jokes. Um, I find that very, very difficult. People think I don't have a sense of humour, but people that really know me know that it, there is one there. It's hidden somewhere. But because I don't get jokes in social situations, say with people from work, um, they don't get to see that side of me um, and I think I just wish everyone would be honest and straightforward um, which is probably why I can relate well to children because children can be brutally honest and completely straightforward um, they say the most wonderful things that are honest um, they don't say they like you and actually they hate you or something like that um, and I can I can understand children much more than adults I don't know at what point a child starts to change into somebody that um, is not straightforward doesn't say things as they are or lies or um, doesn't mean what they say um, but certainly I find it much easier to relate to children who are straightforward than to adults. I really struggle with that. Um, social situations are very, very difficult. Social chatting, pretty impossible. 
as I said in my working life, I found um, I've had to find a role to play when I've had to go to such situations. Um, I'll always be on the person on the door, or the person doing refreshments, that kind of thing. It's mostly those situations I find difficult, or just not just not getting things that other people get and I have to pretend that I've understood something and really I haven't got a clue what what is going on um, that can be very difficult thank you so much for sharing that with us Anna are there any rules and expectations that you tend to find strange I remember, I don't know what age it was, but it's sort of my friends or, or peers would, would had gone from just sort of saying hi to each other to hugging when they meet and trying to understand who you're meant to hug. You know, what level of friendship do you have to be at to do that? Yeah, I remember really struggling with that. I think now I've sort of learnt to spot when someone's going in for one and just do it um because that's easier but yeah when I was younger I would uh really really not want to because I found it so awkward and um you know people people found that quite funny but it meant that um that moment of greeting with someone makes me really anxious because I don't know what the appropriate thing to, to do is I find when leaving social situations it can get quite frustrated because I if I'm ready to leave I'll say I'm going to go now bye everyone nice to see you and I will walk out at that point but I have learned that that scene is quite rude um so the whole thinking about maybe going and then maybe mentioning and then saying goodbye to that person then someone starts bringing up a new topic of conversation when you're already putting your coat on um that I just I just find very frustrating and I think I have to be careful not not to come across as um as rude in that situation um and rhetorical questions I've only realized quite recently that I I struggle with rhetorical questions because if I I realize sometimes I say something that's um maybe seen typically as a rhetorical question but I I will need an answer and <laughs> with my partner I can say no I, I, I need I need a verbal or visual response and he thinks that's quite funny and, and he does it but um in some situations I find that quite hard when you know I I say something that others assume is a rhetorical question and then don't respond and then I'm sort of left I feel like I'm left hanging um but uh, yeah I, I mean it makes seeing stand-up comedy quite uh, interesting for me as well, because that's obviously all rhetorical questions. So I, there have been occasions where um, I just I answer back because I don't know, um, you know, if it, the comedian is is looking at you and and asking you something. It's like, uh, you know the rule is that oh they're on the stage so you're not meant to it's not a conversation but for, for me it feels really unnatural to not um <laughs> to to not actually respond so um yeah I'm probably a, t a terrible audience member that's quite interesting and also good that 
you and your partner have established a way to uh, have your needs met for cues? Yeah, he's um he's been really incredible through. Well, I mean, his it was him that first suggested that you know he thought maybe I was autistic, um, and has been really interested in learning about it generally. So that's been really helpful. But yeah, it. It's so, yeah, the rhetorical question thing, but also I've I've realised that I'm not very good at reading facial expressions, which I always thought I was good at um, before. But it's now that I've started talking about it, I'll, you know, for example, I might see that someone's frowning and before I'd just make an assumption about that and then go off on a whole, oh, well, whole, a story in my head about that, you know, they're probably frowning because I left the teacup out and they're annoyed with me. Um, and then that'll turn into a real downward spiral. I mean, that's obviously a very petty example, but now I'll be more likely to ask and you know with my partner it he'll you know it might just be that he says oh well I've I've actually just had a bit of a bad day and I wasn't even thinking about you you know and, and it, which is actually a really helpful answer or um you know he'll say something in a certain tone and I'll say are you annoyed with me and then usually the answer is oh no I'm I'm annoyed because of such and such again whereas before I would have you know made the assumption that it was I'd done something it was my fault and then I would respond with that in mind so actually it might be that he was just upset about something that was nothing to do with me but because I decided he was angry with me I I wouldn't be be able to be at all caring or sympathetic so yeah just just knowing to ask has really been a game changer for me. Yeah it's it's great to have a great to have someone that you can be open with about what's needed to make you feel comfortable. Christina, what is something you wish people just understood about autism? I wish people that understood that our understanding of autism has changed enormously in the last 20 or 30 years and that we still don't yet understand everything about it and that people would not think about the stereotypes of time of 20, 10, 20 years ago, and that autism can show very differently in different people, and not even just differently between men and women, but between women and women and men and men. I wish that professionals involved with young people, particularly young girls, would be better educated about autism. If I could change my career now, and if I was a much younger person who had been diagnosed with autism as a child, but that our situation was still the same in, for example, schools, my career would be as an advocate, as some kind of campaigner to get change for young girls in schools it makes me feel quite upset and angry that um, people who are supposed to be educated about autism um, are continuing to perpetuate stereotypes and for girls to not get an assessment not even be offered an assessment because they are not showing their autism in the same way that boys are in 
places like schools. I'd be an advocate for it. I'd like people to have a better understanding and to understand that our understanding of autism has changed enormously in the last 20 years. Thank you so much, Christina. Laura, just checking back in with you, uh, what is something you wish people just understood about autism? I wish that people understood actually that um, autism isn't a mental illness. I think there's a lot of um, misconceptions in uh, in professionals about what, what autism is and what it isn't. And much like Christina, I do wish that um, it was better recognised and um, particularly in, in girls um, at a younger age, because I feel that people have to go a long way through life often finding things very, very difficult without really understanding why. And I think if there was better knowledge about autism, then then more people would be diagnosed at a younger age. And the same question to Anna. I wish people um, understood the mental health and energy implications of autism. Um, and I, I guess I include my pre-diagnosed self in that as well. I think there, I mean, you know, absolutely seconding the, the answer that um, both Laura and Christina gave that, you know, it was more recognised in, in girls for sure. I think autism can often be talked about in a way as though it's just like, oh, it's this little thing that middle class white kids sometimes have um, if their parents have put the time in to get a diagnosis and you know not really understanding what why those differences have such an effect on um, the child or adult with autism's life um, even if they are at the so-called higher functioning end of the so-called spectrum but yeah the, 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 the massive mental health knock-ons you know there's when you um sometimes when people have asked me about my autism and I've started to list the sort of different things I struggle with you know a lot of people will say oh well I get that too or, or you know the response of oh everyone's a little bit autistic um but the thing is it's like you know let's just take loud noises for example like a sudden loud noise isn't just annoying to me it gives me a incredibly strong um attack of anxiety i don't really know how, quite how to describe it but you know it really kicks in the fight or flight response um and that's just something that happens constantly th throughout the day um you know if you add in other sensory things or and social interactions and just how badly that affects you and that that can result in you know meltdowns shutdowns depression I, I kind of wish that was understood um that it's not you're, that you're just a bit sensitive to something that's a, a real problem and yeah energy is an interesting one because I got diagnosed with ME a, a week before my autism diagnosis so that was a that was a big year for me and I I don't know exactly where the research is in terms of the links between ME and autism but there does seem to be a huge amount of anecdotal evidence that the two go together and that it's it's potentially um you know the extreme end of exhaustion um from just a, a lifetime of masking and trying to keep up with things um yeah I, I guess I wish people and <laughs> myself had had known and appreciated those 
knock-on effects and that I you know I just thought everyone was having to deal with this um and now I can see that certain things were harder for me and I had to try a lot lot harder and now I don't know not necessarily everyone with autism likes it to be called a disability but for me acknowledging it as a disability and calling that I've actually found incredibly helpful and freeing because it's just allowed me to give myself a break um that that understanding that you know certain things in terms of work or socializing I've just pushed myself to do because I've, I've just thought well everyone everyone else gets on with it so so should I but actually maybe I shouldn't in certain situations maybe I should give myself a break and say actually that type of work or that type of event is is not for me because it will result in a massive kick to my mental health and energy levels. Earlier Anna you said autism spectrum with a bit of a disapproving tone do you not agree that there is a spectrum? Okay let me let me see if I can explain what I mean so my understanding is that you either do or don't have autism I I was saying so-called because more in terms of how it gets used by people just in general conversation so rather than necessarily in a medical sense so a bit like when people say oh I'm so OCD about this or I'm so OCD about that kind of yes because I think you know someone like me who can kind of pass as normal ish most of the time it's kind of seen as like oh so therefore it's kind of it's okay for you it's easy for you you maybe don't necessarily need much help or you don't um you know your your needs are, are very different but yeah but perhaps maybe almost that it's arbitrary that someone like me even has a diagnosis whereas when people talk about someone being really autistic um, or extremely autistic um, again just conversationally what they usually actually mean when you dig in is it's it's someone who has autism but also other kind of comorbid conditions or like a learning disability or epilepsy as well so it so it's not that their autism is extreme it's that they're dealing with lots of other things on top of it um I, I, I don't know how well I'm um explaining myself but I do I do find the idea that it's a you can be a little bit autistic or very autistic quite unhelpful to be honest I'm really glad that you went into that and told us I'm not I'm not saying necessarily that that shouldn't be used I, I guess it's just um you know there's enough misunderstanding about autism and how it affects people as it is um and I've noticed that being used in a way that's not it's not offensive um you know but it's it perhaps doesn't doesn't help with people trying to understand what it is I mean I I don't know how um Laura and Christina feel about that one but it's sort of a a personal (laughs) personal topic that I've been thinking about Christina what do you think what do you think about the phrase autism spectrum um, it's it's a term that I hear every day, and I think that perhaps there is a spectrum, but that everybody on who is on that spectrum has some of the has difficulties in this in similar areas, but for some people the difficulty with social communication would be much worse. 
for some people, the difficulty with language would be much worse. For some people, the difficulty with OCD-like behaviour, repetitive behaviour, could be much worse. And for some people, hyper, being hypersensitive to something could be much worse. I see children at school, for example, who, who have a diagnosis of, autis of autism, but one child is able to socialise much more with other children, to play much more with other children. For example, A is able to play much more with other children than B, but B is incredibly sensitive to light and sound, whereas A isn't, that kind of thing. But for some children, for some children, the language aspect is much more of a problem. For another child, the repetitive behaviour structure or lack of structure is much more of a problem. I mean, really, at the end of the day, we're all human and every human being in the world is different. That doesn't mean to say that every autistic person has to be the same. Every person with a diagnosis of autism can be different in the same way that every human being is different, I suppose. I don't know if that makes any sense. It does. Thank you very much. And coming on to our last question, again, I'll, I'll go with Christina. What changes would you like to see happen in mental health services? Um, I think the biggest change I would like to see is that mental health services were put on a par with medical and surgical services. Um, I would like to see that every professional at every net level in mental health services are better educated about autism and on a grassroots level to make hospitals a better place, a therapeutic environment, a safer environment, a quieter environment. But these are things that would benefit everyone using their services, not just people in the autist autistic spectrum. I think there's a, quite a long way to go with mental health services. Anna, is there anything that Christina is saying that's resonating with you? Yeah, um, I think Christina's point about hospitals is great. And yeah, the idea that making an environment more autistic friendly often makes it generally more friendly. So, you know, um, you know, you could open that out to all sorts of public spaces. Um, I, I guess the main thing for me is for you know just more knowledge and awareness of autism within um, mental health services and medical services generally I, I you know the, the fact that me and Christine have been seeking medical help throughout our lives and um, you know I've, I've seen however many GPs with mental health issues and therapy CBT etc and it was just never picked up on once um or even even hinted at um and it you know it took me and my partner to read someone's account on Instagram about their experience of aut autism to think hang on could could that be me and you know that's just a story that's repeated over and over again really um you know the, the um seeing medical services for for mental health issues and I just think what 
um, what a shame, what a shame that it was never picked up on earlier because there's, you know, the the way of, um, you know, I struggled a lot with, with depression and everything I tried and really, really did try just didn't seem to work or help. But as soon as I realised I was autistic, it didn't necessarily well, I was going to say it didn't instantly go away. It did instantly go away. Um, it turned out that I, you know, I was before just in a constant state of anxiety so that it would that would tip into depression very quickly. But now I I know what kind of things make me anxious because I have learned more about autism. So I can kind of nip things in the bud a lot earlier on or feel down about something. But understand a bit more why I might be whereas before I would be casting around desperately trying to find reasons with things wrong in my life or wrong with the people around me um, and come up with all sorts of narratives negative narratives about myself um, which I've really has very rarely happened since since diagnosis Further information and support, please go to the Neurodevelopmental Psychiatry Special Interest Group on our website, which is www.rcpsych.ac.uk, and see ADHD and autism resources. A huge thank you to Laura for her expertise on this topic, and Anna and Christina for sharing their personal stories.